Welcome to the HQ, where happiness lives. It's the key to grow and become better fathers. So turn up the volume, and thanks for hanging out with us. Learn how to overcome your divorce. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the HQ. Today is March 26, 2018. My name is Rob. I'll be your host for the show. So if this is your first time tuning in, guys, welcome. We usually do these kinds of things every Monday and Friday. Monday being our interviews, Fridays being our shorter rounds with me, and I usually just talk about whatever updates are going on and a pressing topic that's going on inside of the group. Um, so if you guys aren't part of the Facebook group yet, uh, I'd love to have you guys inside. Uh, there are just hundreds of men going through all kinds of things, and we just open up and be vulnerable about you know what's going on, and, and then uh, the members of the group try to give you some actionable item steps so that you can take with you and really really just change your life around so definitely come join the group i and and if you guys are listening to this podcast now i would love for you guys to rate and review us if you guys dig the content because it'll help us get this information out to more people because we get higher higher ranked and people can see us on the search engines a little bit better um so make sure you guys do that i would greatly appreciate it you would be doing me a huge huge favor okay and today's interview, uh, Michael Ivanov, he is an author, a speaker, motivator, entrepreneur, just all around good guy. And his story is like a huge chocolate bar in a gum wrapper type of story. It, it's, it's amazing. Um, and we'll get to that inside the interview, but I do want to mention his book, uh, the book of Mount of Olives is called the Mount of Olives, 11 declarations to an extraordinary life. And it, I just, I had to get him on the show because when I read this book, I couldn't stop putting it down. It was mind-blowing for me, and I wanted to pick his brain about it. So that's what I did, and I want to also give it away to you guys so some of you guys can get a copy. Um, so if you're not part of the Facebook group yet, like I said, come join. All the links will be in the show notes. We're going to be doing a little giveaway inside the book so that some of you guys can get a copy of uh, Michael's book. It's just it was life-changing, all right? So join the group. All the links will be in the show notes. And I will be doing a free webinar on Wednesday. So make sure you guys uh, are registered for that. The link is in my Instagram bio. It's also inside of the group. Um, so, yeah. Make sure you guys check the show notes, all right? So without further ado, let's get to the interview. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the HQ Today, I have a very special guest with me. It is our third time actually trying to get this interview, guys. Uh, so you guys better listen to the entire thing. He is an author, a speaker, motivator, and entrepreneur. And I just wanted to get him on here because I think he's got some great wisdom and information that he needs to share with uh, the world. So Michael Ivanov, thank you, my man. <laughs> Hey, Robin. Thanks a lot for having me, man. And third time's a charm, man. <laughs> that's that's what they say, man. So <laughs> honestly, man, I know you have like a huge story. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, let's start it off. Um, you know, take us back to, uh, you know, baby Michael when you were, I guess you were two years old. You uh, left Soviet Russia. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yep. So uh, two years old, uh, we finally, my parents finally got uh, the permission or the correct paperwork, whatever it was that they had to go through um, to be able to leave the Soviet Union because uh, at that time, um, pretty much nobody was allowed to leave and that was right before the fall of the Soviet Union. So 
obviously things are pretty crazy, pretty tight. Um, they weren't letting anybody leave, but we got to leave um, under, uh, I guess, religious status because I guess they didn't really um, care for, you know, uh, Christian people leaving because, you know, we were considered rebels at that time. And um, so they, a small amount of people were actually allowed to leave. So we finally got our paperwork um, and we, we got out of there as fast as we could. And we uh, were able to get to the United States um, as a, uh, political refugees technically so that's how uh, when we got here we were allowed to uh, stay here and it was a pretty crazy journey um, I don't remember uh, any of the actual journey at all but my parents are always telling me stories but we had uh, seven kids you know throughout I think my dad was uh, in his late 20s or early 30s uh, I can't remember now exactly um, but him my mom and us seven kids you know through all the flights um, finally made it to New York uh, from New York, drove over to Texas, stayed there for two months, and then finally um, got a U-Haul and made our way up here to the Pacific Northwest. So <laughs> that's like it's crazy. I just I can't imagine you know your dad like seriously, seven kids, brand new country, um, you know, and, and you yeah. mentioned you mentioned that he was pretty good in English. Uh, he kind of learned over there. So yeah, yeah, he he actually started learning uh, English when he was. Um, in Russia still. So he was already, uh, he spoke, um, pretty decent English already. So when we came here, he, that was actually one of his, uh, one of his first jobs was, uh, uh, as an interpreter. Nice. Nice. So I guess you guys were speaking both languages at home, so to say. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We still, uh, with, with they, my parents speak, uh, great. My mom, not so much, but my dad, you know, great English. My mom understands plenty of it, but we, uh, when we interact with them, we still uh, speak Russian. So I probably have more of an accent now <laughs> when I speak Russian, but but yeah, I'm still fluent in it. Yeah, no, I get it. I was uh, even though I was born here uh, in North America, I still spoke Korean growing up. That was my parents' first language. So yeah, I completely get it. Um, it's that's it's, awesome. I I do have a bit of an accent when I do speak Korean, so it's actually <laughs> I can totally relate. Um, Okay, so like political refugee, and then moved to the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take like so. What what happened after that? So for me, I mean, it was you know we we, we came here. We uh, I still remember not um, not being able to speak the language because you know I didn't start going to uh, preschool or kindergarten until I, I don't know it was a, what is it five years old I believe you start. Yeah. Um. So actually, yeah, I remember not speaking, but then of course as um, as the my older siblings, they were already going to school, so we started picking up the language pretty quick at home. Um, so right, you know, before I actually started going to uh, kindergarten, I already uh, pretty much had had you know a good grasp on the language and uh, spoke pretty well. Um, so, um, but yeah, by the time you know over here, uh, we I live so I live right across the, sh the river from Portland, Oregon. That's the bigger city we're over here. Um, in Vancouver now, but we kind of grew up in a smaller town right next to uh, Vancouver. It was uh, Washington, Washington. So we uh, had a little bit of it. It was more of a, you know, we were the only Russian family in the whole city. And, you know, any school, you know, in elementary school, middle school and high school, we were the only um, the only Russian family there. So, of course, we were, you know, got had to deal with plenty of bullying and things like that. So uh, that was kind of a, a pretty a pretty fun upbringing. <laughs> going through some of that but it toughened our skin a little bit yeah no fun is fun is definitely the right term there um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay so then you guys went to you know high school uh 
college, I guess, in the same town, or did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we, yeah. Then we moved over to Vancouver, which is you know 15 miles over here, so it was a little bit you know a little bit bigger of a city. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, so when it was time for me when I was in high school already, we were already um, here in Vancouver, um, and that's pretty much kind of where uh, things you know started going. Uh, I wouldn't say south for me because you know we've all, I've always been um, had a had had a, been blessed in my life, but kind of came to a point you know when I was a little bit younger of course I had you know I was a very creative kid so I used to love to to draw I used to love to write you know stories read a lot um but you know of course growing up a little bit started hanging out um I have a lot of older brothers so started hanging out with the older guys uh, started spending more time with the friends kind of you know that was my new interest especially in high school um, so kind of gave up on those things that, uh, you know, stopped investing into those little skills and talents that I used to have. And uh, when it came time to pick a career to go to college, you know, I was just like, you know, well, I don't really know what I want <laughs> to do anymore. Yet. I don't really know what I want. I, I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passions are because um, I've kind of, you know, just kind of spent that time just interested in you know hanging out with my buddies and and girls you know chasing after girls so <laughs> so when it came time yeah when it came time to choose a career i just pulled something out of a hat you know i chose to do um it with my dad's um encouragement because he's like you know pick something you're not going to work out in the rain and 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 that's unfortunate uh, that's the unfortunate thing is that you know when when young when a young kid is going to college when he's you know supposed to make start making big you know pretty big life decisions but when we when we don't invest in ourselves, when we don't invest in the time and finding out who we are and what you know what our place is, then it kind of you know you end up doing that. You kind of just end up doing what somebody else suggests or what you know what the world suggests you should do. Mm-hmm. It's funny how your dad said, "Don't pick something out in the rain." So what made you think of <laughs> what made you think of IT though? Yeah, well, so my my uh, my older brother, uh, two of my older brothers were doing construction a lot. So and uh, actually still are in construction. And you know, on the on the cold days out here in the rain, you know, they're they're working out there. So um, and you know, my dad's like, you know, don't don't do that. But uh, w- with IT, you know, he's just like like I said, because it was it was just it was a point in my life where it's like I don't know what I want to do. I didn't you know I had zero clue of what you know what kind of career I wanted to pursue anymore uh, because you know I I didn't. I didn't even think, I didn't even consider that it was possible for me to pursue any of the things that, you know, I wanted to do as a kid. You know, I wanted to become an author. I wanted to, um, I wanted to have my own um, business. I wanted, you know, I wanted to open my own Minimart so I can sell candy, <laughs> things like that. I had, a, you know, I had all these little ideas, but of course, you know, as a 17 year old kid, you kind of, you kind of, by that time, I've already been taught, you know, not to, uh, not to pursue those things, but, you know, to think realistically, as they say. Um, so I, you know, chose IT. I was like, well, it seems like it's a, it's a, it's a field that's always going to be, you know, needed. It's always going to be moving forward. So that's kind of where, where I went with that. Yeah, no, I completely get it. A lot of us, um, well, not a lot of us, but I mean, a lot of parents, um, will push us to be more the, com- the more comfortable route. They want, they want us mm-hmm. to, you know, have something more safe so that, you know, like I said, your dad yep. didn't want you, you know, busting your tail out in the rain. Not, th- not to say anything bad about blue collar jobs. I think they're very much needed. I think. D- yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and uh, you know, congrats to your brothers that still do it. Um, you know, we definitely need them, or else we wouldn't have our roads. We wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have that. So, um, 
but it's just not yeah. meant for everybody and i completely get it um no, that's exactly it. and that's just kind of a more you know just my dad thinking ahead for me you know when 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 i'm not thinking for myself you know of course um and it's not like your parents or your family or you know sometimes even the people in your life it's not like they're trying to sabotage you or trying to mm-hmm. you know kill your dreams off it's really just kind of a way to um, you know it's almost protecting you you want the best for your family you don't want your family to fail you don't want you know your family to embarrass themselves and you know so you're always going to suggest you know probably the safer route that's yeah. that's exactly what it was cuz entrepreneurship is tough and i'm sure you can understand so yes it is um, <laughs> I know, I know you run your own, uh, your own business. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I do. Uh, I, I, uh, I run, I do, I do IT, but I'm pretty much more of a, a freelancer. So that, um, when I, when I, uh, you know, when I went to college, I, w- I got my T or my degree in computer science. Um, but the job that I got, you know, you know, my first job out of my first corporate job was a very, um, it was a crappy environment. I mean, it was, you know. I was sitting in the cubicle um, day in and day out, you know, and we're, we're in an office where, you know, there's no windows. It's just rows of cubicles. And, uh, you know, I like my workspace, but, you know, doing that for eight hours a day, you know, five days a week and year after year, it just started just getting to me, started draining me. And I, I kind of came to a point sitting in that cubicle was like, well, how the heck did I end up here? You know, like, how did I go from yeah. this kid who had all these, like, you know, crazy ideas and crazy dreams? You know, that, like, that's what made me excited about life. Like, you know, that's, that's what I live for. And all of a sudden I'm sitting here <laughs> and, you know, we got, we got guys sitting next to me that are, you know, probably making twice as much, been working there twice as long, um, you know, much older than I am. And I was, and, and so I'm looking at them and I'm like, well, you know, it's great to move up. It's great to, you know, earn more little by little, kind of establish yourself. But but I still would be sitting in that same, you know, environment. I would still be doing the same thing they're doing. And and it was good because, you know, IT actually can be an exciting field. But that specific job that I got, you know, we were writing programs for, um, for a printing company. So we were, you know, creating programs that ended up printing, you know, bills and statements for people. And, uh, and you know, like, <laughs> that's probably the least fulfilling thing, <laughs> you know, you, you can do. But that's, I'm really thankful for that time now because that, you know, if I would have been in a job where I could have maybe moved up a little bit easier or was learning a little bit more, you know, it could have postponed kind of the my passions and, you know, that time in my life where I started asking, like, all right, well, what the heck am I really excited about? Like, what's actually something that's going to make me want to jump out of the bed in the morning because you know i actually you know i can do it you know all i want but i know that it's not my end passion so when i finally walked walked away from that job i it was tough it was a tough decision and you know especially when you ju- you know i was i wasn't working there. i think i was working for two and a half years and you know people are like well how's your new job going how's this and that and i'm always just like you know great but inside i'm like nope like <laughs> i'm out of here i gotta find i don't care if i do something i don't care you know if i'm doing the lowest work possible but i gotta get out of here and that's where um we actually uh with the help of my another brother we uh started our own business and now we just uh, freelance it um around here so that freed up my time to actually start pursuing some of those things that i'm truly passionate about some of those things that actually make me jump out of bed every morning 
Mm-hmm. And and that's awesome because, and I know you were probably sitting there, you know, prior to within even prior to those two and a half years of just you know mundane working in a cubicle. I bet you had like this burning desire inside of you all along, and that's probably what led you to write this book, right? You wrote a book. The, that's exactly it. No, you, I. This is exactly where I came from. It was, you know, until I finally made that leap, there was a long period of time where it's just, I knew something wasn't right. I knew I wasn't, you know, headed the way I wanted to, but I kind of, you know, as we do, we kind of find things to kind of push those thoughts away. We kind of find ways to, um, you know, to fill our time and, you know, fill the void, fill the gap, whether it's, you know, with, with, you know, for us guys, whether it's chasing women or, you know, <laughs> getting, you know, super big into sports, which, you know, I've, I've done, you know, all of that. And we find ways to, to just fill that gap and to suppress that voice. And we can go for a very long time without, and, you know, unfortunately, most people don't even ever uh, get out of that. Most people just justify why they never pursued, you know, some of their biggest dreams and, and they end up, you know, running out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. And, Completely get it. Uh, I want to talk about your book, though. Uh, guys, before we do talk about the book, though, I've read this book and I couldn't put it down. Um, and that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted him to come on the podcast, because I have a lot of questions for him. Um, the I, book, the, I appreciate that, Robin. <laughs> dude, it, it's such an it's such an eye opener. And uh, the book is called the book. Uh, sorry, it's called The Mount of Olives, 11 Declarations to an Extraordinary Life. Um I'll I'll put the links up so you guys can get a copy. I'm pretty sure you have a little flash Kindle sale, so if you guys are trying to get it on the cheap, but I don't think you should. I think you should get a physical copy of the book uh, and support this guy because he's just completely, you know, just he's doing so many things in in his community that um, you know, he's just doing so many good things. So yeah, talk. Let's talk about the book, man. Mount of Olives. How did you even come up with this idea? So. You know, th- through my, you know, uh, going back to, you know, sitting at cubicle, it, it kind of started uh, a journey for me. It kind of started a personal, you know, a personal development journey for me. So I'd come in, you know, I'd come into work, sit for, I'd do my work in the first two hours, what I needed to get done for that day, what was on my plate. And then I'd sit for the next six hours and I'd read any blogs, articles, anything I can get my hands on and, um, you know, kind of on success, happiness, you know, things like that. And I stumbled upon a couple of authors that, I've completely reached, you know, reshaped my life and the way I think. And um, one of those guys is Napoleon Hill. Um, and another one was Ogmandino, probably two of my favorite. Um, but I started reading their stuff and Ogmandino in, in particular, um, all of his books, he writes, um, they're always with life principles, but they're in fictional stories. And that's how I, you know, that's how I think you can tell me principles and ideas, you know, and concepts all you want, but until you, you know, I can internalize it you know, through a story, that's, that's how I remember. That's how things stick to me. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to then write my own book. I wanted to share, you know, my story and share, you know, and help, you know, help other people that are, you know, go, cause I know that's one of those things where so many people are not where they want to be in life. They're not at the job they want to be. And so I wanted to write this book, but I'm like, well, you know, who, you know, how can I write, you know, what, I guess, what's my, What's my profession, you know, that that somebody would be like, all right, let's 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 learn from this guy. What does this guy have to say? But I knew that if I could put it into a story that, you know, I could show, still share my story, share my journey, um, but not write it, you know, as if I'm a, you know, a, a professional, you know, life coach or 
something like that. So that's where I got the idea of putting it into a fictional story. And um, in that story, I um, I share about 11 principles, which which the, the the young man in the story turns into declarations that he speaks over over his life. But these principles are things that I learned along the way in my own my own journey, my own struggle to change my mindset and um, start thinking differently. Yeah, for sure. And like those, uh, those declarations, we're not going to give them away, but uh, I do, <laughs> I do want people to read this book because it, it literally like, I think the closest book that I've read that was like this, uh, and I did saw it on one of your blog posts. It was uh, the richest man in Babylon uh, written by yep. George is George Clayson or something like that. George Clayson. That's another, uh, that was another one of those guys. Yeah. One, of, one of those books that um, I, that really inspired me. I'm going to go even further and say that, that your book was better than that book. Um, <laughs> no, I'm that, serious. That a lot, man. And that's a, that's a good book. It was a great book. And, and for yeah. me to say that, uh, you know, it, it truly comes from the bottom of my heart because like, I think this one hit home with me for so much because of, you know, my uh, religious upbringing, I guess we have, mm-hmm. you know, both Christian uh, upbringings and, uh, you know, we both believe in God mm-hmm. and uh, firm believer of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And what uh, Amen. and and this and this was just what 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 really, really hit home with me. And like like you said, the power of storytelling. Right. Uh, yep. I'm not going to remember something you tell me if you t- if you wrote if you told me to write these 11 declarations down, I probably would forget them. But because I've read the book, they now mm-hmm. are resonating more and more and more. So, guys, get your freaking copy. Um, I might even do a little draw and, and probably buy like a few of them off of you so that I can give to my guys in the group. That's how badly I want uh, these guys to read it. So. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Robin. Yeah, and that that was the that was probably the funnest part of writing it. Um, you know, we I have the principles in there, you know, that are turned into the declarations, but the the fact that I could share my own kind of faith, my own questioning of of God, you know, my own struggle in my in my faith journey as well at that same time. Um I was it was probably the funnest part of writing that book was being able to kind of express that um, that journey in, in the book as well. When, when the young man is questioning, you know, everything and why things are certain, you know, the way they are. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, man. And that, that, that totally, it probably just opened up the whole new speaking thing up for you now. Right. I mean, so how did that happen? So you went from being an author and then you, and then you have like this, um, company called speak life. Yep. So how did did that all come about? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering how all that came about. Yeah, so so Speak Life is actually, um, I actually started that. It was just my blog. I started that even actually before I wrote uh, wrote the book. I uh, I was just blogging. That was kind of my first attempt at sharing, you know, my my thoughts with the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, through you know through that, I actually met some people, you know, who you know who read my articles, things like that, who started inviting me to come. Uh, speak at little uh, events, you know, little um, workshops that they would do. Um, and actually, one of them is Olga, uh, our friend Olga, who uh, who actually connected both of us. Um, so you know her, Robin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was the first one that put the idea in my head to to speak. And and the reason I jumped on that right away was because it scared the crap out of me. So I was like, you know what? That's exactly that's exactly what I need to be doing. If it scares me, and there was something something inside me that was like, you know what, that's, I need to be doing that. And, 
Um, and these guys that I talk about, you know, my mentors, you know, who, you know, Napoleon Hill, Augmentino, I consider them mentors, you know, these guys, you know, died, passed away a long time ago, mm-hmm. but the, you know, that's what they, these guys did. And I was like, well, you know what, I'm just going to follow those footsteps. So I was like, you know, I need to start speaking. I feel like that's something um, I want to do. So um, I actually started doing my own, um, holding my own events uh, from that uh, going forward as well. I started um, getting kind of a, you know, what TED Talks are. So I I, uh, mm. I started putting together my own TED Talks where, um, TED Talk style events where we'd have a couple, a couple speakers, you know, four or five speakers and they'd, they have a 15 minute limit. Um, but that's just enough time to get, you know, your greatest idea out in the best way possible and uh, just inspire people and bring people uh, to these events that are, whether they're going through something tough or, you know, they might, you know, we are, we're all going to face some tough times in, in the future. So it's always be good to be prepared. So um, it's a really fun, fun, uh, fun events that we do. And uh, I actually got the opportunity to speak at a, um, a local event here in Vancouver, Washington, which is going to be a pretty big event that they hold every year. So I got um, selected as one of the seven speakers over there. So I'm really wow. excited for that opportunity. And nice. that kind of, yeah. So it went from the the little um, workshops with a couple of people to this pretty big opportunity. So I'm excited about that. Dude, that's awesome. And if anybody's in, in and around that way, I'll post some of the, some flyer details up so you guys can go support him. I think uh, that'd be amazing for you guys to go watch. Super, yeah, that'd be awesome. He's super inspiring to listen to, guys, and uh, I know he's probably got a, re- a really awesome speech already lined up for you guys. So, uh, okay, uh, I do, I, I do want to segue a little bit um, because this is a it, it is a divorce show. Uh, we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this before, but uh, I don't know what, how comfortable you are sharing with it. But I know you have some experience with divorce. Let us know a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually, you know, just newly married. I've been married for uh, just about four months now, uh, I believe. So <laughs> my experience is more with uh, with with my niece and my nephew. Um, my older sister um, got married to to a guy in the, the Tri City, so it's a couple hours from here. Um, so they live it's about a three hour drive um, from where we are. But you know, the uh, things didn't work out, and they're also where he uh her her ex-husband he comes from uh you know we're both from a religious background but he comes from where it's almost like a cult you know and and, I, and we were actually in something like that for in a church that was like that for a little while where it was like it was more focused on you know what you, how you look like how you show up and how you present yourself than you know than the heart of of the matter so you know it, there were there was a lot of difficulties with them with that and of course when they got divorced you know when people, when, when people are, you know, separate under, you know, uh, in a, in kind of in a bad situation like that, or in a place where, you know, they have still anger at each other, which I, I think is pretty much probably the case all the time where, you know, you have, um, you know, bitterness and anger towards the other person. But what happened is, you know, he's, he started undermining, um, kind of undermining my, my sister and, the the biggest the biggest thing is you know they're adults they can figure their stuff out but the the biggest impact was on the kids and it affected them the worst because the kids are the you know they're the the victims in the whole thing because now they're questioning you know well does you know does daddy love us you know does god love us because he said that mommy's going to hell this and that and it's it's you know he probably said it at you know in an angry time or out of anger out of whatever it is out of his own um, bitterness, but 
to the kids, that's a very real scene. And, you know, when they come over and they'll still, you know, they're, that was years ago. I'm, th- I'm trying to think of, I think, was it five, six years ago? And they're, you know, they're, they're in middle school now, both of them. And they still have these same questions, you know, they'll still come and we, we do our best to just, you know, talk to them and, and encourage them and, you know, try to tell them like, Hey, that's not, that's not what it is. You know, you know, your dad loves you. God loves you. Mommy's not going to hell. You know, these, these things are just, it's the, it's the ugly side of, of that divorce, unfortunately. Damn, man. And I completely get, you know, the whole bitterness and angry thing. Um, you know that, mm-hmm. and that and that come, comes from where I had to come from from that place where I needed to really you know really deep down like dig deep and say look yeah it's it's for the benefit of the kids not you know whatever issues are going on right now they have no like they didn't ask for it yeah. you know they didn't yeah. ask for this <laughs> and it's it's up to you you guys to shield them from that from that so yeah I love I love uh, that yeah. perspective it's so it's so important so I mean, uh, is your sister with uh, the children most of the time, or do they have a? Yeah, yes, yes, she is. Um, she's actually remarried now, and her her ex is remarried now. But he, she has um, pretty much full custody of the kids. Um, he, she lets um, him come over when you know she has no like. I know that she. There are certain rules that they said. Well, you don't have to um, allow him to come visit them at all. But she's not. She wants. She wants what's better for her kids. So she's like, whenever he wants to see him. She makes sure that, um, you know, she makes time and he can come pick him up because, you know, she knows, you know, the importance of, mm-hmm. you know, the kids still having their father. So, yeah. So he's still in in their lives is what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm asking. Yes. You. Yeah, exactly. Whenever. Yeah. Whenever he whenever he um, whenever he makes time, she definitely makes time to allow that to happen. So, yeah, he does. He does. They do still um, talk and hang out every once in a while. Cool. I mean, yeah, and that integration is just going to take, you know, years for the kids. Uh, I think when their minds develop, because they're, they're still developing, right? You said middle school? Yeah, they're... Yep, yeah, early middle school, yeah. So I think, uh, so one of them is in sixth grade. Actually, so uh, Timmy, my my nephew, I think, I don't believe he's even in middle school yet. I think he's in fifth grade, so mm. we're just right about that age. Yeah, they're still developing, and I find that you yep. know, I think you guys—they're—they're they're surrounded by good people. I think so. I mean, yeah, we, you know, we'll we're we're trying. Yeah, we'll hope for the best. Uh, I'm sure that yeah. you know, you just watch for the warning signs, and then um, definitely you'd be good. So cool, man. I so. think thank you for sharing, and that's you know those these perspectives are great. It gives people the you know just the the high the. I guess the eyes on something that they're not usually uh, too keen on or that they're not too, uh, you know, that they're not paying attention to. So this is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I do want to take you to a part of our show uh, to lighten the mood a little bit. So I'm going to ask you some five random questions. I hope you're down. Sounds good, man. (laughs) So I can get to know, so I can get to know you a little bit and then my, uh, my audience gets to, warm up to you a little bit too so uh let's start with the random five all right all right uh if you could be any animal in the world what animal would you be and why honestly uh i I have a fascination with birds not because i'm you know i i i think uh i guess i'd I'd be an eagle you know it's the toughest bird (laughs) it's the biggest meanest bird um uh for me it's uh it's a perspective thing. It's, uh, I feel like I always, I'm, 
even though I know the value of digging in and working every day and continuing to press forward, um, I'm always, I'm very impatient. I always want to see the bigger perspective. I want to see, you know, how much have I grown? How much have I come? You know, how much have I um, moved, you know, forward? So I'm always uh, trying to step back and get some little, little bit of perspective on my life or perspective on things. So um, I guess uh, Eagles got the best perspective in the world, you know from that from that viewpoint <laughs> nice, man. yeah bird's eye view dude that's like that's very powerful very powerful yeah. all right uh what's your favorite book or is there something that you're reading right now that you that you want to share with us so um i actually did a quick video recently i got i got a couple of the the my as far as favorite books i got the alchemist um um the the greatest salesman in the world you know richest man in babylon and yeah. think and grow rich those are those are like the books that yeah. shaped my life um <laughs> And right now, I'm actually reading um, another Napoleon Hill book, which is taking me a lot longer to get through it because um, it's written in a different way. It's actually called Outwitting the Devil. Um, and it's a really, really interesting, um, interesting book where it's it's focused on kind of like he, he pretty much he's in he's doing an interview with the devil. And that's how the bull, the whole book is written. Wow. Um, yeah. Where it's a back and forth where Napoleon asks him a question. So um, in the book, he starts out with. You know, he explains how he convinced the devil to give him this interview and how he, you know, convinces him to give up all his secrets, like how he gets people into mediocrity, how he gets people into these negative mindsets, how he gets people um, to just drift through life and not, you know, and live in fear. Um, uh, so it's definitely focused. Wow. It's not focused on the spiritual aspect of it. He's strictly focused on, you know, the success aspect of it. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. So, I'm definitely going to read that one for sure. Really um, interesting book, yeah. yep. Outwitting the Devil. Yep. Okay, Napoleon Hill. Awesome. All right. Um, third question. If you could hop on a plane right now and go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh... I'd have to say uh, Italy and then Israel, man. I got I've ever since I wrote my book, um, you know, the journey the boy takes. Um, I was like, I have to follow this exact journey, you know, through <laughs> making the same stops and everything. Yeah, it, 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 I think it'd be the coolest thing for me to do that and end up in Jerusalem. I've always wanted to, you know, go see all the sites and you know all the places where Jesus, you know, was and things like that. I think it would just be surreal. Nice. Why Italy though? Uh, well, uh, Rome is where the the uh, uh, the oh, book starts. Oh, the Rome Romans. is in Italy, right? Yeah. If I'm not, <laughs> the Ro- if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, the ancient Romans. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I get it now. All right. <laughs> I had I was a little bit I had a brain fart there, so I was like, why Italy? <laughs> okay, no, but I get it now. Okay. Um, do you have any weird eating habits? Um. I've probably got a lot of weird eating habits, but the one that guy, the one I did get called out on pretty recently, <laughs> um, my buddy gives me uh, gives me crap for it. I uh, I like Doritos chips, so I like the spicy ones. So what I'll do is I'll lick both the cheese off both sides of it before I actually eat the chip. So <laughs> we had a good laugh about that because he was giving me a hard time for it oh <laughs> just recently. Gosh. I can totally attest. So, like, <laughs> it's so funny when you're like, yeah, I wanted to open up a mini mart later. Uh, it's it's I we I had I had a convenience store growing up, right? Like my parents owned a convenience store, so like I'd eat all the yeah. chips, all the candy bar. Uh, and just everything dude, but you're, I, you lived out you lived out my dream, bro. <laughs> you lived out that's exactly what i wanted to have because like when we were growing up we were pretty uh you know we we only bought the essentials you know because my dad was the only one working so 
we only bought the essentials, so we would never, we could never get the, you know, the the good brand cereal and yeah. the good brand chips. <laughs> no, I was pretty fortunate. I was pretty spoiled. I was that kid at school who would always have like, you know, bag of Skittles or you know, the, uh, the freshest chips tough. and yeah. But I would always share, so you know, it was that kind of thing. But uh, awesome. I'd always, I'd always lick the cheese off the the Doritos too. So I had to completely. That's that awesome. <laughs> um, okay, if you la- this is the last question of the random five. Um, I think you might have answered it, but uh, if you had to meet someone who is dead right now who would it be and why yeah i would i would have to say uh even one of these guys one of these um one of these older guys uh napoleon hill or augment i'd have to say augment you know because i finally found recently on youtube one video of his entire of one of his entire speeches it's like an hour-long speech wow. and yeah and the dude yeah he he blew my mind because he's you know he died in the uh, sometime in the 80s um so before i was even born he was you know he already passed away so I'm listening to the speech and it's just this simple storytelling, you know, it's not all these crazy concepts and the 10 steps to, you know, he's just up there and he's telling stories and he's got the whole audience, you know, frozen staring at him for an hour. And, and I, you know, in the, in the, when I saw it, it's like, you know, how does somebody from that generation so long ago can inspire somebody in, in our time, you know, in such a fast paced moving kind of time, like that, that's a skill. That's a, that's a gift right there to be able to tell a story to, to where a kid is listening to you, you know, 30 years later and is moved, you know, just the same as that audience was then, you know, so th- like he would be one guy I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with. Cause I like, I want to, I want to learn to speak like him and write like him for yeah. sure. Yeah. I guess it's the only thing I can really think of is he's from the future. I mean, he was from the future. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> Seriously. <man. laughs> you know, so. <laughs> All right. Okay, that concludes our random five. So thank you for sharing with that. I feel like I got to know you a little bit more on a deeper level. So thank you. Um, but I do want, yeah, man. And I, I do want to take a moment and just say, uh, you know, you're you're a super inspiring guy. You're like, you're you're completely motivating for me. It makes me want to, you know, up my level and up my game. And I definitely want to stay in con- uh, contact with you and get you in front of a. Uh, you know my audience at one point uh and do sure a live, live q a maybe on your book and stuff like that after we've given it away so let's uh, do it definitely man and uh how can people get a hold of you where are you hanging out mostly on uh social media so social media i'm on uh i spend a lot of time on instagram probably more time than i should um uh so instagram my handle is michael underscore v underscore ivanov and then uh, on Facebook is just Michael Ivanov. And then, of course, I have my uh, my website. That's where I uh, put my articles out, anything new that's going on with me. Um, I have a couple of videos over there. And um, that's where I also announce, you know, new upcoming events that that we do. So that website, you can either go michaelvivanov.com or speaklife365.com. That's uh, the same URL, or the, those URLs both go to the same place. So Nice, and I'll get those. I'll get all those links, and I'll put them in, in the, the show notes so that people can get to it in one click. And definitely follow him on Instagram. I like his stories. His stories are kind of funny. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> it's almost like I treat, it, I treat the story kind of like a little uh, mini vlog, and I just yeah, you know, man. show people what's going on in my day. It's fun. Yeah, I love it. I have a good time with it. Love it, love it. So uh, yeah, definitely follow him, uh, follow him on social media. And uh, I will invite you back on and so you guys can get in, uh, a little bit personal with Michael and do a live Q&A with him, you know, about his book. I think it's important we talk about it. And then, uh, yeah, man. Uh, so that brings that wraps up pretty much our, our 
podcast here. I'm glad. I'm so glad my computer didn't crash this time because <laughs> this <laughs> whole time, time was a charm. Man. Yeah, the third time is a charm. So uh, the last thing that I do ask all my interviewees before we leave is, um, you know, if there's a divorced dad listening in, you know, who's kind of down in the dumps, maybe he's depressed. Um, you know, what's that one piece of advice that you could give him? Uh, so they can go about his day or go about his life. I'd say, man, don't like, no matter how tough, you know, and I can't speak, you know, for, for somebody going in, in that kind of situation. I've never had a personal experience with that myself, but you know, hard times come on all of us and they, they, they come in different forms. Um, so like, I, I would just say, don't ever quit and don't ever feel like, you need to end anything um that there, there's always you know there's always an end there's always something amazing that can come out of even the crappiest times in life as long as we stay you know just stay moving just keep pushing forward um, i know a lot of times it feels like you know times like that can feel like like that's the end like what like what else is there um but just never give up never um never stop pushing forward never stop chasing um a better you and you know the times you know there it's always temporary crappy times are temporary as hard as that is to believe sometimes when you're right in the middle of that storm but yeah ne never stop don't never give up my man i love it michael ivanov i appreciate you brother hey appreciate you having me on the show Rob. it's been awesome boom there you have it michael ivanov dropping some bombs and I can't thank him enough for coming on because this is our third time we tried recording it uh, two times before and my computer crashed. So I'm so thankful that we got this interview done with. And if you guys dig the content, like I said, make sure you guys rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you guys hear this. And leave us a review and make sure you guys uh, let us know what you think about it. All right, Rob, your host, signing off. Peace out.